Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Letters of the Bible. We're going through the... Letter to the Romans by Paul. We are in chapter 12. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. We have learned that what they teach in churches today is not what is actually in the Bible. Once saved, always saved is nonsense. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, meaning following Jesus and doing the works of the kingdom, then you will be thrown into the lake of fire. I don't care how much you believe in Jesus. Can faith save you? Second. Let's go to James chapter 2. He asked the questions. 14 verse chapter 2. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? So just because you believe, is that all? Is that okay? Is that all you need? No. If you look in verse 17, James says, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So you can't get into eternity just because you believe in Jesus Christ. Make it into eternity no matter what you do. And it's by the grace of God that we are invited into eternity, the kingdom of heaven. Let's read Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, for the prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of 
faith. For ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing Instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, giving to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that do weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, Paul told us in chapter 11 that it was God's grace and mercy that brought us into the kingdom of heaven. Now, he also said, if you don't continue in doing the works of the kingdom, do what Jesus taught us to do, follow Jesus, that you're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven for eternity. You're going to end up in the lake of fire with everyone else. And so, Romans chapter 12 is what Paul's telling us what to do, how to act, what type of people should we be as believers in Jesus Christ. He told us a lot of stuff in here. It's important to understand. So if you ever want to know what to do, what God expects of us, what Jesus showed us to do, read Romans chapter 12. Let's go through it. So, the first part of Romans chapter 12. Paul is saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, first of all, Paul is telling believers, listen, don't do anything that isn't holy with your body. Okay, what does that mean? As a Christian, uh, don't go drinking and get drunk. Don't go sleeping around. Don't put tattoos on. 
be unhealthy with your eating. This body is what God has given us, and it's a great body. And we need it to do the works of the kingdom. That's why Paul mentions it first. Take care of your body. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. For me, personally, what this means is the Old Testament food laws, unclean and clean food. God knows what's good for the body, you see. And so many, many years ago, when I learned about the food laws, I gave up all the unclean foods. It's not a sin to eat them, but what it is, is they're not good for the body. That's why God had instructed Moses to tell the people, don't eat this stuff. It's not good for you. And so I follow the food laws because of health, because I want to do what God wants me to do. And in order to do that, I have to have a holy body. Now, if you're out doing drugs or drinking or um, sleeping around or getting tattoos on you or dressing like a whore, (laughs) if you're doing all of this stuff, that's not holy and God doesn't look on it well. People, you can't be used by God if you're doing all that stuff. So the, the Christians that are teaching this nonsense, come as you are, no big deal, you just do what you do, it's okay, God will work it out in you. No, I'm sorry. That's not what God wants. He wants you to stop all that stuff. Okay? And you can't go to church dressed as a whore. Okay? That's the That's the biggest thing that I see nowadays in the churches. The women, their their tops are down, their cleavage is showing, their dresses are high, and their butts are showing. And they're going to church. That's not holy. That's what Paul's talking about. Make sure that you present yourself as holy. Does that mean that you can't wear shorts? No. It doesn't mean you can't wear shorts. It doesn't mean that you can't wear sleeveless shirts, women. It's talking about what you're showing off, okay? And then, so that's the first thing Paul talked about, the body, and making sure that you take care of it and do treat it right and do what you're supposed to do which includes getting enough sleep, by the way, not keeping yourself up all night, which brings us to verse 2. What's the next thing Paul's telling us? And be not conformed to this world. So Paul is saying, hey, believers, God gave us the grace and mercy to have the faith to believe in Jesus Christ, to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, let's not do what the world does. Isn't that what the churches do today? They do what the world does. They go into the church and they play all this nonsense music 
that's rock and roll and bad stuff and all this stuff that's not the psalms and the hymns that you find in the Old Testament. That's what we're supposed to sing, okay? That's what God wants us to be doing in church. If you're going to do music, fine. Do music that is respectable and not rock and roll. That's worldly music, not hard rock. That's worldly music, not rap. That's worldly music. You're being conformed to this world. So Paul continues, and now he's talking about the first part was the body, and now it's the mind. Okay, so he's trying to make you understand once you become a believer, don't do as the world does. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to stand out. People are supposed to notice a difference about you in the things that you do and how you act and stuff. So he continues and he says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is it. Here's a transformation going to happen in you. You're not, if the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you anyway, as a believer, you are given access to the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you that the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell on you if you're doing and having a, um, a body that is unholy and doing things you're not supposed to. So how are you going to transform your mind into something that you're supposed to be doing if the Holy Spirit is not dwelling with you? Repent. Go back to what you're supposed to be doing. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So guess what? Paul is letting us know. Y'all, y'all, I always hear people say, what does God want me to do? I don't want to do that. I don't know what God wants. Of course you don't know what God wants because you're not renewing your mind. You're doing worldly things. So see, if you renew your mind, if you get straight, if you read the Bible, if you study... Guess what happens? The Holy Spirit is with you and you find out what is good to God, what he wants you to do. Not go drinking, not do drugs, not sleep around, not do tattoos and none of that stuff. And acceptable to God, this is what I want you to do. He'll let you know if you don't know what God accepts. It's because you're not doing what you're supposed to do so the Holy Spirit can't speak to you. And the perfect will of God, what you're supposed to be doing for God. Guess what? That's what the Holy Spirit's for. The Holy Spirit speaks to our human spirit and tells us what God wants. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. So now Paul's going to say, something that's important to understand, and that is that we have received grace, but humans will be human, okay? And they get a little bit arrogant and think they're all that when they're not, okay? Just because you believe and just because you're a Christian, you know, oh, I'm holy and I, God thinks of me. He, he looks down on all those other people but not on me. Have you heard the denominations say that nonsense? Well, that's what Paul's talking about. <laughs> Don't think you're anything, because you ain't. You're human, 
you're a sinner, just like all the rest of the world. So, Paul is saying, to every man that is among you, not to think, and man is human, any person, to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So, just because you find out what the will of God is and what is acceptable to God and what God wants you to do for the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't mean that you're anything above anyone because guess what? It's not you doing the work. It's the Spirit of God in you, through you, doing the work for the kingdom of heaven. So you have nothing to think highly of yourself about. But to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So keep yourself on solid ground. Okay, and see, that's what happens with a lot of pastors and a lot of people that have, um, you know, big groups of people that follow and listen to every word that they say. They forget that it's God they were listening to in the beginning and the Holy Spirit through that person. And then they get so um, big-headed that they think that it's them. Look at all these people there coming to me. They think that I'm something. They're, wow, this, you know. And then they see, get them. They fall. They don't understand it isn't them. It has nothing to do with them. They're just a vessel that God is using. So Paul's now going to go into what we as a body, the body of Christ, what we as a group of believers that live on this earth, what we're supposed to do, what's going on, and where we fall. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, that means, guess what? There's one body. It's the body of Christ. There isn't different denominations. Okay. One body of Christ, many people, and all members have not the same office of function. So Paul's now going to tell us about our works. Function. It means we have a job to do. Let's go back to James. Hold your place. And I'm going to do this as much as the Holy Spirit directs me to do it so that you understand what the deal is. Okay, doing flesh works is not the works of God. So, verse 17 of chapter 2, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith. James says, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Show me your faith. Show me you believe. Show it to me. Prove it. Can you prove that you believe in Jesus Christ without works? Paul, um, James continues and he says, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So, yes, we all have functions. We all have work to do. And it's not flesh work. We all have work to do. 
Don't believe the nonsense they teach you at churches. And a work is not just showing up at church and listening to some pastor spew a bunch of nonsense. Verse 5, so we being many are one body in Christ. That's right. No denominations, no separations. We're one body in Christ. So don't think that because you're a part of the Pentecostals or the Baptists or the Catholics or the Methodists or Lutherans or whatever denominations out there, that you're better, your denomination is better, you're doing better things. No, you're all a part of the same body of Christ, okay? You believe in Jesus Christ. So, and everyone members one of another. You're all connected. This disconnection that people have in these denominations, Satan likes it. God, not so much. So Paul's going to explain the function of the members in the body of Christ. Having then gifts differing according to the graces given to us. So God decides which gift he's going to give you so that you can do the works for the kingdom of heaven. Do works for him. Remember up here in verse 2, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? That's the works. And in order for you to do what God needs you to do, you have to have spiritual gifts. Okay? This isn't your human gifts. This is your spiritual gifts. Okay, so having then gifts differings according to the grace that is given to us, and Paul's going to go into some of the gifts so we understand. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And yes, there are prophets still today. I myself am a prophet. God has used me to prophesy to people. And what does that mean for us today as Christians? What it means is, look at Jeremiah and what Jeremiah did, and he warns people, listen, if you continue down this path, this is what's going to happen to you. If you continue, which is my warning to people, if you continue to believe once saved, always saved, and you don't repent, you're going to end up in the lake of fire. See what the Bible says? Uh, That isn't what the church teaches. Get out of that nonsense. So prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, which means ministry means to help others to do works. There's different things that God has us do within the brethren, with the brethren, with the church. It all depends. And Or he that teaches on teaching, which is what I'm doing right now, If you're a teacher, then teach what God wants the brethren to know, the body of Christ. Or he that exhorts on exhortation, and of course, exhortation is correction, okay? So that's actually the job of the shepherd, the pastor. He's got work to do. He's got to put his people in order, exhortation. An example of that in today's church, which is not done, is that the pastor has people in his 
church every week. Number one, he's supposed to know everybody and what they're doing in their life and visit them and get to know them personally. So if he has too many people, guess what? Get another pastor going. And he's supposed to know them. So say there's a group, um, say a couple or a person coming into church. And that person comes into church all the time Yet the pastor knows that that person in today's society has boyfriends. Let's just say it's a female. Has boyfriends. And she sleeps around, okay? She's been seen doing this. He knows that. Maybe he knows her well. And she sleeps over her boyfriend's house or she sleeps around or does stuff that she's not supposed to do. Guess what? He's supposed to go and talk to her about her actions. Okay? You're not supposed to sleep around. You're not supposed to have a bunch of boyfriends. And guess what? You're supposed to be married. All right? And so, his job is to exhort her. Stop doing what you're doing repent or you're not welcome in the church, okay? See, they won't do that. And he that giveth, let him uh, do it with simplicity, which of course means liberal, uh, liberally, which means a lot. And what giveth? And giveth is having to do with money, okay? There are certain people in the church that have money. They came into the church with money. They have an abundance of wealth. Well, guess what? God uses people, and that's your gift, by the way. If you have money and you're a believer, your money is what God wants you to use to give to those in need in your church. And liberally, the people that need it, the ones that are doing what God wants them to do, by the way, not just giving it to a priest and trying to become the boss of the church. And he that ruleth with diligence. Of course, you've got rulers. You've got people that are leaders. Do your leading the, way, the right way, the way you're supposed to be doing. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So if you have the gift of mercy... You're, this is for the brethren. This is our works. This is what we're supposed to do. And even sometimes to the people outside the church, the gift of mercy, you can show people outside the church mercy that you have the compassion and do it cheerfully. You understand? Don't show mercy, you know, help someone out out of a situation or help them out or something that you're doing and do it begrudgedly. So see, Paul is explaining things to us. An example of mercy would be in the church would be, let's just say that there is a a woman in the church that has children and she has a job. She doesn't have a husband. 
she has a job, and she has children, and you're an older woman, and you have the gift of mercy. I have found that a lot of the older women have the gift of mercy. Well, guess what? It costs a lot of money to pay a babysitter. So mercy among the brethren would be you going and watching her children for her cheerfully so she can work to provide for her children. That is an example of mercy. And let love be without dissimulation. So love in truth. Don't love the brethren fake. Really love them. Abhor that which is evil. So, so Paul is continually letting us know this is what we do as believers. When we see evil in the church, guess what? Don't accept it. Cleave to that which is good. That's right. Stay next to those things in the body of Christ. And that's what we're talking about here. That is good. Stay connected to that is good. Don't become friends. What it's talking about in the body of Christ is if you see a fellow believer who goes and does bad stuff all the time and you know it, goes and gets drunk, goes and does drugs, you know, cheats on their husbands or wives, uh, this kind of stuff, doing evil, listen, guess what? Don't be hanging around with that person. Don't accept it. Abhor it. Tell them about it. Okay? That's what we're talking about here. And you're supposed to be with people that are actually doing good and want to be with those people cleave to good, meaning those that are doing what's right. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Absolutely. If you're going to help people, uh, correct people, talk to people, you do it with brotherly love, the Holy Spirit speaking through you, not you as a human being talking to them um, in a bad way or putting them down, doing it in love. In honor, preferring one another. Wow. (laughs) That's one that Paul might have had in his day, but... I don't see it today. You see what he's saying there? He's saying that as a body of believers, the body of Christ, that we as believers would rather be with other believers than with people of the world. Oh, this does not happen at all. The believers want, well, they'll hang out at the church on Sunday or whatever day. And they'll be hanging with the believers, you know, on Sundays. They'll give them an hour or two or whatever. But then they all scatter and go and do and be with the people of the world. They don't want to be with the people of the body of Christ. And that's sad, but it is the way it is. Now, Paul's going to go into what are we supposed to do concerning the world. You know, we're part of the world. That's right. 
we're in the world. We got to live in the world. So Paul's continuing, and he's letting us know what we're going, what we're supposed to be like as believers. So, not slothful in business. So that means that when you're given a job, do the job and don't be lazy about it. Okay, whatever the job is, when you're in business. You're a light to the world. You let them see what you're doing, okay? And you are giving glory to God through that. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So it means let them see the Holy Spirit in you and serving the Lord. You're doing what God wants you to do. Now, rejoicing in hope is another. Paul's continuing in other things that he wants us to know about. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You're always connected to God. You're always looking forward to eternity. Distributing to the necessity of the states. That's right. We're supposed to be helping Brethren, the body of Christ, and giving to hospitality, we're supposed to invite each other to each other's homes and be hospitable with each other and get to know each other and hang out with each other and like being with each other. Bless them which persecute you. So if people treat you bad, don't curse them, bless them meaning do good to them, don't do That's what he's talking about. He's not saying, say, God bless you to those that persecute that. He's talking about your actions as a believer and your actions as a believer when someone bothering you is to do what's good no matter what they do. And curse not. So that doesn't mean act like they act. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. So another curse not would be, I've heard Christians say that if someone does something bad to them, they curse them in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's just, just so wrong. It's unbelievable. But people do it. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Okay? So when people are happy, be happy with them. Don't be jealous of them. I see that a lot with Christians, and that is that if people have money or they got a new car or they got a new house or they got a new job or they got a new relationship or they got a new whatever, that they're happy about that. They're rejoicing about that. And it's a blessing from God. And guess what? You're supposed to rejoice with them, not be jealous of them. And weep with them that weep. And so if someone is hurting... Okay, someone is hurting, then hurt with them. Feel sorry for them. Be of the same mind one toward another. So Paul is saying, stay connected. Be of one mind. Think the same stuff, you know, and be connected with each other. Treat each other the same way, in other words. Okay, Paul is talking about our actions towards other people. Don't treat, don't have cliques 
in the churches, okay, usually the women, sometimes the men, they have cliques, you see. Clicks, a group of people that get together and they just are their little group and they'll go to the lunch and they'll do this stuff together. But the other people in the church, oh no, they're not a part of our group. No, sorry, that isn't the way God wants it. Mind not high things, don't worry about stuff that is not important. But condescend to men of low estate. So what it's saying is some people, um, high things would be those in power, you know, those in uh, popularity, like an actor or something, musician, I don't know, things that people go Google over, you know, and the people that, this is the, the people that are around you, okay, and try to help people that are around you that are a part of the body of Christ, okay? This is just because somebody's a part of the body of Christ and they're not rich doesn't mean that you're not going to have nothing to do with them. If they can't do what you do, then they got no money and you're not going to help them out. You know, that's part of being a believer. It's part of mercy. It's part of our sharing in our hospitality. Be not wise in your own peace. Absolutely not. Recompense to no man evil for evil. So someone in the church does something bad to you, don't turn around and do something bad to them. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. So now Paul's talking about not the body. Now he's talking about the world. You make sure that the world sees you as honest. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. That's outside the body and inside the body. Try to get along with people. That's the point. If it's possible. So, of course, you know, if you've got some bad people, then, you know, just... Stay away from them. If they upset you, if they aggravate you, if they get you mad, guess what? Don't have anything to do with those types of people. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Okay, this is I see a lot too in the churches today. People are mad at the brethren. Somebody does something to them. Somebody has looked at them the wrong way, treated them wrong, didn't say the right thing, who knows what the nonsense is. They're mad at them, and they're going to keep vengeance on them. They're going to get back at them for what they did. This is among the brethren, okay? <laughs> let's not do that. Uh, let's, you know, take them to court. Let's sue them, whatever. But rather give place unto wrath. Don't get mad. Satan likes us to get mad at each other. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So Paul's bringing in something that God has told us, okay? And he's saying the Lord, he's not talking about Jesus, he's talking about God Almighty. And what he's saying is that God says, listen, if you're doing, let's go to verse 2 again, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God if you're doing that 
and doing what God wants you to do, guess what? He's going to take care of your enemies. I know this for a fact. It happens. Okay? So don't take it upon yourself to get back at someone for doing something in the body of Christ. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, and this is any enemy, anybody inside or outside the body of Christ, if if thine enemy hunger, feed him. That's right, if he hungers, feed him. Now you can take this from the flesh perspective. Okay? And you can say, if if you know, if you have someone that you don't like, that's an enemy of yours, that doesn't like you, make sure that you feed them if you're able to do that in the flesh. But let's just say it's someone that's an enemy of yours and they come and ask you about Jesus, about the Bible. You better give them the information and not keep it from them. I've seen Christians not want to help other people that they consider their enemy to know about Jesus. That's, that's bad news. And if he thirst, give him to drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So you do what is right because you're a believer. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil. Don't get mad at people. Do vengeance and stuff like that. And treat people bad just because they treat you bad. Don't do evil because someone's done evil to you. Make sure that you do good and give glory to God. This is the works of the kingdom. Romans chapter 12. This is just a little bit of information Paul wanted us to know. First, make sure your body's all set and it's giving glory. Then make sure that you're changing your mind and your thinking by doing the Bible learning what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. And then showing the world, the brethren, the way you're supposed to be, the things you're supposed to be doing, giving glory and all. Study Romans chapter 12. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.